0: I want to talk about the amazing Christian. Did you know, did you realize that on this subject, because Deborah kind of asked me, like, how long is this going to go? I was telling her, am I on, Barry? Oh, yes, sir. Was telling me, uh, I was telling her about a pastor friend I had that uh, 12 years before I left Texas, so that's been almost 24 years, he was teaching, song, he was teaching Proverbs on Wednesday night. Well, I looked him up this week, and he just finished it. Oh, wow. Thirty-four or eight years later, he finished the book of Proverbs teaching on Wednesday. Wow! <laughs> so, uh, uh, my point. What was my point? Uh, amen. That the Lord is—he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's teaching us to be amazing. And the ho- here's what it is. Everything but the Gospels is talking about that one subject, amazing Christians. Read the Psalms sometimes, and it'll tell you how amazing you are. It'll just say, you know, you're blessed, and you're coming in going out. That's Old Testament, but that's what it's saying in the New Testament. He always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Well, that's just saying you're amazing, because the liquor store owner's not getting that word, is he? And he's telling you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're the amazing Christian. Sometimes we get caught up thinking, well, I look like them and I work at a place like them and I spend my money at the same grocery store as them and we go to our kids. You get to thinking that we're the same as them. But they're just, and I don't mean this ugly, but they're just folks. But if you find out in here who you are, then you find out what you can do, and then you find out what you can have. And it comes out to the bottom line, is what we read in Deuteronomy, you're amazing. And you'll take on the devil differently if you know you're amazing. And you'll take on the dream of God when you know you're amazing. Like, well, God, this is, this is too amazing for me. Well, we have to know what the Word says to find out. We're amazing. We are sons and daughters of God himself, i'm going to read you a scripture this morning in Psalm eight that tells us that god's perspective on us is way better than our perspective on us, and we need to narrow the gap. Point yourself with me and say, "Hey you, hey, you. Narrow, the narrow the gap yeah, start thinking like God thinks it's uh it's wonderful. so I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning that overcame the sin problem. He dealt with iniquity, he had dealt with with uh, uh, the, the lie of the devil. He dealt with Adam's transgression and our father's. He dealt with it and he won. He was raised victorious and he won. And that's the season that we're uh, proclaiming now. And then he turned around and gave each one of us, revealed to us actually, the plan of God that was mastered for you and me since the foundation of the world. He starts to uncover it, the scales on our eyes fall off, and we start seeing ourselves like God sees us, and seeing our future empowered like He meant it to be. It's amazing. If you ever have a bad day, a depression day, you're in sin, because you're amazing. And people have real troubles. They have troubles way worse than you and I or even if they have the same troubles, but they're hopeless, they're without hope, they don't have an answer, they don't have a plan, they don't have a path out, but we always have a path out. We pray without ceasing. We pray in the Holy Ghost and all things work together for good. There's always a path out. Depression is not our lot. Do not let, call me and tell, say, Pastor, depression's tried to come on me and I'll shake it off of you. I'll, I'll shake it off of you because I know who you are. I know what God's put in you. So uh, we said the, the last weeks, we said, how do you become an amazing Christian? Well, you just become a Christian and then be a doer of the word. Just just set yourself to say, I'm going I'm to be who he says I am, and then then I'll be able to have what he says I have, and I'll be able to do what he says I do. You will be amazing when you say yes. It's one thing to say yes to Jesus, but it's not to coming into your life and and the new birth. But it's another thing to say yes to Him. I'm going to do it your way. That is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So God has a plan for His man in Psalm eight. Praise God. You know this scripture, but but here's this is but this isn't even the Christian side of the Bible. This is the uh, this is the unChristian side of the Bible. Not the the Jew the God just thinks about man all over you know he he had to we had to retool us we had to go in for an upgrade obviously but this was his plan for man it says in Psalm 8 verse 3 what is man the psalmist David said what is man that thou art God thou art mindful of him and the son of man all men that thou visited visitest him and then he he begins to evoke what he knows, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now, we're going to see in other versions that that word angels is the word Elohim. And if you look up where Elohim is in the Bible, it's in the beginning God. Genesis 1-1, that's Elohim. He wasn't angels. So the little King James guys, they just couldn't stand it. They just couldn't stand to say, we've been made a little lower than God. They just couldn't do it. For thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas, O Lord our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Wow. Now, this is Psalm. This is back there. God says, my man is special. I put the capacity in him to be like me. That's what his plan was. Now, if he said, I I, I birthed a bunch of uh, little idiots down there, and they'll never have to amount to anything. If he'd said that, we could accept it. We'd say, we're just little idiots, and we're down here. But he didn't. In the NLT, the New Living, it says, yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Anybody in here been crowned with glory and honor? How does it feel? Ah, it doesn't feel like glory and honor. I had to wrestle with the sink and I had to, you know, the, the, the thing in the yard and the car wouldn't do this. I, it doesn't feel like glory and honor. Ah, but we don't go by feelings. If you, if you went by feelings, you, you wouldn't have a family because they don't treat you right many times. So putting all things under their, listen to this, under their authority, all things under their authority. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The TE version, TEV, it's an English version, I know that. Yet you made him inferior. Look, 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 Listen. Yet you made him inferior only to yourself. You crowned him with glory and honor. The Passion. The Passion's now got a Psalm and Proverb translation, so I looked it up, and it says, What honor you've given to man, created only a little lower than Elohim, crowned like kings, feel that right up there, and queens with glory and magnificence. Have you had that feeling? No, didn't feel that glory and magnificence. Hadn't felt that in a while. But the word says it's all over you. Says it's all over you. God said it's all over you. As lords of creation, you have delegated to them mastery over all you have made. How much? All. What kind? Mastery. We weren't made to struggle with anything. We dominate. Now, if you know that, you'll start believing that. If you start hearing that, you'll start believing that. And once you start believing that, you'll have a different perspective. And you won't put up with a bunch of junk mess. You won't put up with the devil because he doesn't even have a body to be able to have authority in the earth. He's just like an angel. As a matter of fact, he is a fallen angel of some form. And so without a body, you don't have authority. That's why when you leave the earth and you lose your body, when you die, you don't have any authority in the earth. It doesn't matter if you're Satan himself, Lucifer, the, the anointed cherub. You have no say in anything. You go, well, who does? Four-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 80-year-olds, anybody that's got a body. Listen, I'm in charge. Point yourself with me and say, hey... I'm in, I'm in charge. You're in charge. That's what the Bible says. Uh, Allah, as lords of creation, you have delegated to them mastery over all you have made, making everything, listen to this word, subservient. I don't know what it means, but it sounds like we're still over something. To their authority, placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. Earth itself. Now, I don't know if you're a linguist or a, some sort of a, a apologist or some sort of uh, a student of English, but this sounds like we got it all. I don't know how you'd say it. I don't know how he would have expressed that. I don't know what other words he could have thrown in there to remove all ambiguity, all confusion. I think he said it pretty good. We're in charge. It's no devil in there except when the devil gets on you or except when work goes wonky. Does work go wonky? Like just once a day or seven. You know, you got, you got chances to bail at work or with your family or with whoever. He said it, it it's not as it appears. It's subservient to what you want, your authority and your power. And then I I went to Genesis 126 and back this up. This is Psalm 8, but in Genesis 1, it says, God said, let us make mankind in our image after our likeness, listen, listen, and let them have complete authority. Now that's out of the mouth of God in the first chapter of Genesis. Let them have complete authority. So that's the plan of God. That's, that's the way Job twenty two twenty eight. 28. This is Old Covenant, but God, you didn't see God's plan. He said, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, and the light shall shine upon your ways. God gave this to the Old Covenant man, the, the man that had no standing with God in a legal sense. God said, I'm going to wire this in. Sometimes you can buy a car or even a house that they wire stuff in, and when you finally get a big bonus or something, you just say, Come over here. I want to add that little option into my house. It's already wired in. God's already wired us in. He wired man in so that when the new birth came, we're already there. He didn't have to change anything. He didn't have to upgrade anything. He said, I already got this pre-wired, pre-set. It's, It's in there. But the devil. Now, the devil, the devil, the devil. I hate the devil. You hate the devil. Whenever I write his name and anything I write down, I always put little s, A-T-A-N. I don't even give him big S. And the spell checker says, quit that. And I put the spell checker in its place. Praise God. But so Romans chapter 5, can you turn to Romans with me? Romans chapter 5, the devil. Now, we know from Adam to Jesus, there was a devil. And he, he mucked it up, he messed it up, he he, uh, he flim-flammed us. It says in Romans chapter 5, let's just have a legal say about this, find out what happened. Verse 12, uh, excuse me, is it verse 12? Yes, verse 12, Five twelve. wherefore, so there's a whole bunch of stuff where he finally comes to wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. So that's that's Adam, isn't it? Whereby, wherefore, by, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So wherever there's sin, there's death, isn't there? And the man, the man entered into sin. He committed high treason. He he disobeyed God, and uh, death came. And then uh, let's look in verse uh, fifteen. We could read all of them, but we'll just skip. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense, that would be Adam, of one, many be dead, look, look, much more, much more, the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. I said he's abounded to all of us. The devil had a way and he, he, he corrupted Adam, who was willing, but the Lord Jesus. Verse 16, and not as it was by one that sin, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. So you and I didn't have a thing to do with it, did we? We didn't talk to Adam and say, we think you can get by with it. Go ahead and pull the trigger. He did that on his own. We weren't there. The same way with the Lord Jesus. We didn't say, Lord, please come. He just came while we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And then verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, look, 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 shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Shall reign in life. Shall reign. We shall reign. We dominate in life. The Bible says we were under the bridge. We were, we were toast, but the Lord Jesus came, and he, he put us in charge of the bridge. Amen. Let's see where we're going here. Uh, verse, uh, verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Did y'all get that? By the, by the, the, the father Adam, all of us became sinners. It's his fault. Although the truth is, if you had been Adam in that day, if I'd been Adam, we'd have, we'd have done it just like. We're, we're, no, we're like, oh, come on, Adam, get a life. Man up here, we'd all done the same thing. For if by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, (laughs) grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's the story. That's the story of what God created and put into us to be crowned with our glory and honor. And Adam fell to the whims, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, deception of the devil. He was seduced. He should have held up because God had said, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you up front before it ever comes, you, you don't do it. And he just said, I believe I'll do it. And he did it. And so Jesus took 2,000 years to work the Messiah into the system. Because there was a lot of people involved that had to say yes. And a lot of people that were supposed to say yes didn't say yes. And the Lord just had to keep on working it. We're all children of Noah. All those people up to Noah failed. They all were destroyed righteously because all of them, just Noah and his uh, wife and his sons and their wives, eight. were all the sons and daughters of Noah, as it were. But Noah, if he hadn't pulled the trigger, if he hadn't kept hammering those wooden pegs in that boat for a hundred years, if he'd ever, at year 79, said, you know, this ain't happening. I'm going to the house. Well, how how hard would that be? We've all gave up before our time and had to get back on. And But Noah just stayed in there. I'm sure he had some thoughts. I'm sure his wife was saying, listen, son, this is not working i I need a place by the beach <laughs> and and Noah just stayed in there in all the generations of the people that God raised up somebody and he had to he had he had to make Abraham, He had to find him because the Bible says in Genesis, why did he choose Abraham? Because he knew he would command his children after him. So a lot of what we're going to be able to do as as Christians is based on us what we were able to do to command our children after us to take the legacy forward. It's not good to go one generation and then fall out and blow up and, and, and give over to the devil. We have to put it in our sons and daughters who then have to put it in theirs and just keep going because this thing's has got to last. So uh, uh, the devil. But then the amazing Christian came. Uh, in in 2 Corinthians. I want to show you all this in 2 Corinthians. Now, I know you got little stars and flowers around it already, but... Uh, Let's just read it because it's good to read the word out of our Bible. It says in verse uh, uh, 17, what happened? What happened? Let's go through this and see what happened. How did you become amazing? It wasn't because you were amazing. Did you hear that? You are amazing, but not because you were amazing. You were amazing because Jesus was amazing, and he said, y'all come go with me. I got passes. I got, I, got a, I got a yearly group pass to this thing. Y'all, y'all come in and be my pass. Therefore, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Right there. Right there. And look in verse 21. This is the covenant scripture. There's three things that God's done for you and I in the covenant. Three things. Three th- all things stand under three things. First of all, the new birth. Have to have a substitution for us. Secondly, healing. We have to have a substitute for our healing. And for a supply, we have to have a substitute. There's three scriptures in the New Testament that talk about the covenant promise. Now, covenant's big to God. He thinks that when he covenants, that it's like signing a document and they file it at the courthouse. And 20 years down the road, and you say, "I didn't, I didn't sign that." And they pull that little pup up, and there you are, your signature. 20 years later, a hundred years later, and you're legally bound to what you signed and what your Daddy signed and all that. Well, that's why covenant is with God. He thinks that when He made covenant, is signed at the courthouse, and more. So it says in verse 21, "For He hath made Him to be sin for us." There's the substitution. He made him. In Isaiah, it says it pleased him to bruise him. It wasn't like something happened and God couldn't stop it. It pleased him to bruise him. He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So there you have that substitute, that covenant uh, uh, transaction. The passion says, I like this. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. I wasn't there. Were you there? We weren't there. God just made this deal on his own. And so the thing is about your salvation is that if you didn't make it, you can't break it. If you weren't there to say, sign me up, Lord, then you can't unsign down the road. He put you in and you didn't know about it. It's like, uh, it's like when Uncle Jack died. Uh, you know, somebody dies and they find you to be an heir and they say, would you come over here and collect your $100,000? Well, who is Uncle Ezra? Well, he's your daddy's long lost cousin and he, he gave it all to you. That's what happened. We got put in and we didn't even know we had a benefactor. Well, we ought to know about this stuff. <laughs> John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord Jesus says, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. The Passion Version. I'm going to wait for that Passion. John 10.10 10 in the Passion. Is it up there? Let's read that. A thief only has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. The word destroy there actually literally means to be made useless. It doesn't mean you take a wrecking ball or a hammer to it. And it means just if it it takes a battery to make it run, you just take the battery off. And there it is, a million dollar machine, but no battery. It's useless. He said, but I came to give you, listen, everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow, till you overflow. Till you overflow. It's better than we thought. I tell you all these people out there, and, and, and it's not wrong, but they're so si- excited about the new birth. Well, Jesus took away, Jesus washed my sins away. No, he didn't wash nothing. Away. I mean, he covered my sins. That's what they'll say. But he, he didn't cover nothing. That's Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. He just covered it because anything you cover, you can uncover. But he washed away our sins. And that's who we are. We're as if we, I and you, are as if we never sinned. It's as if you never sinned. How shiny and bright and clean are you? It's as if you never sinned. Well, what's that mean? It means you're righteous. It means you're, you're installed into the Jesus club. It means that you have standing, that, they, that there's a hierarchy. There's generals and majors and captains, and we're all generals. <laughs> He's the commander-in-chief, but we're, all, we're just that. He made you a little lower than Elohim. It's like, so can we do anything? Sure can. It'll turn out better for you if you check in with the supreme commander, but you pretty much can do anything. People sometimes use their authority wrong. It doesn't go well, but if you use it right, it absolutely is—it goes so well. So here we are. We're, we're an amazing Christian. I'm an amazing Christian. I'm not just uh, uh, an, uh, an old sinner saved by grace. That is by humbug, an old sinner saved by grace. Well, that keeps you, that's like the Old uh, Testament in Psalms says, made him a little older than the angels. We don't want to say it like it really is. I'm an old sinner, but somehow I was saved by grace. Let me just tell you, people that say, people that say, I don't deserve this, it's by grace. That's wrong. That's wrong saying. Don't say that because we do deserve it. We are not that man or woman that doesn't deserve it. Well, you know, I got it by grace. It wasn't me. Sure it was. He made you a new creation in Christ. It's as if you never sinned. So why are we bringing up old sinner and why are we bringing up grace? It's, uh, the grace was in the process of creating who you, I, you and I are. But now that I'm there, we don't even acknowledge that. We don't, we don't say, you know that cake. It's got two cups of sugar in it. All we want to hear is, is it good? Oh, yeah, baby, it's good. It's larapin good. It's, it, we should build this tomorrow. We should get another one because I'm going to eat the whole thing this evening. Hallelujah. Well, that's who we are. We're not talking about the process. We're talking about the end result. If you're always talking about the process, you're going to start talking about failure and missing it and, and how you didn't deserve it and, you know, ah. We are who he made us, and we're not different than that. So one thing I want to talk about just for a minute is the authority of the amazing Christian. We're not just something shiny and bright. We're not just somebody that missed hell. We're not just God's favorites. We have authority on the earth. Remember, we went back to Genesis 1, and he said, let's make man in our image and let us give him authority, dominion over everything. Then we looked in Psalm 8 where it says, uh, who, who are we, God, that you should give us authority over everything? Well, we have an amazing authority. I'm going to read these just for time's sake, but you listen to me about the authority that you have as an amazing Christian. It says in Ma- Matthew 10:8, Jesus said, You guys, you guys, you boys that have been following me around, heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, r- lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely you give. Well, these are Old Testament guys. I'm brighter and shinier than they are. Is that right? So if they did, I do. If they did, you do. In Luke 17, 6, it says, The Lord said, He said, You guys, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to this sycamine tree, Hey, tree, be thou, or anything else that's in your life, be thou plucked up by the root, be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Well, I've got authority. I'm amazing. You're amazing because we have authority over things in the earth. Matter of fact, except for people, you have authority over everything in the earth. Now, you don't have authority over other people. You can't command them to do something and them have to do it because they're sovereign, too. They have an authority, don't they? Don't they? Now, you can bind the devil that's working through them. You should, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the devil. So we bind the devil, and it just, uh, we had a relative many years ago, oh, he was cranky. He was a cranky, you know, just, and he was so manipulative. He just would, he he just, as soon as you hit the door, he'd start working on you to, you know, something to take him to town or get him this or that. And so one day, uh, we just bound the Spirit of manipulation and control that was working through him. Because it was just his nature. It was just, it was just like he talked English, he talked this. And uh, I wish I could tell you who it was, but uh, I better not. Uh, but he, he couldn't talk. <laughs> you know, we'd say, hello. And he'd go, because he was so used to that. And we bound the devil in him. It was really cool. It's really cool when you bind the devil, when you cleanse the leper, when you heal the sick. It says in Mark 11, 22, or 23, you know this one. Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, this problem, this situation, this thing that's not lined up with who you are, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever things he says. Now that's authority. That's dominion. That's a that's a shiny badge that says the sheriff's in town, and it's going to run different now. I love it. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, are you an American? Is everybody in this room an American? How do you know that? How do you know? Well, your mama may have said we live in the USA, but she probably didn't break it out and say you are an American unless you were come you are an immigrant or something, but just if you were naturally born here, naturalized, how do you know you're an American? Well, we've got documentation. I've got a birth certificate said this this little this little punk was born in Corpus at the Naval Air Base in Corpus Christi, Texas. God bless him. I've documentation and when they say are you an American citizen? I I have paperwork. So, what makes you know that you're an amazing Christian? Do you feel like an amazing Christian? Are devils you walk into a room, you hear screaming and 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 the panic of things leaving the room, devils and imps and demons? Do you have that that sensation? I don't think so. Although you could. We have documentation. I got paperwork. I got paperwork. I'm a new creation in Christ. I got paperwork that says I am who he says I am. I was born of the Father. I was born. I was re-fathered from above, and that's who I am. You got a problem with that devil? Take it up with the dispenser of the paperwork. You have a problem with that people? It doesn't matter what you think. I'm going to have what I believe the Word says I have, and I'm going to do what he says I can do. So I'm going to put on. I'm going to put on. Now, this is the key right here. Just because you've been made a, 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 an heir, just because Uncle Ezra gave you $100,000, if they don't give you the information or if you don't believe the information that they give you, you can't buy lunch. You're going to drive that, that, that little punk car that you've been having for 18 years, and you're, you're not going to do better than that because you've got to know something. We are amazing Christians when we put on who we are. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians. I'm, I'm, I'm winding this thing down. You know what that means, don't you? <laughs> uh, I like Pastor, what Pastor West says. I just love this. He said, uh, he reads a scripture, and he asks his folks, he said, what if this was true? What if this was true? What would that do for you? And It's like, well, what if this is true? What if we are who he says we are, even though our feelings are totally contrary? Our situation does not line up. But what if it was true? What if it was absolutely that Uncle Ezra gave us $100,000, and all we have to do is show up and sign our name saying, I am, I'm Dilly doo uh, the, the great-great-nephew, and they say, well, here. Here it all is. What if it was true that God's word Tells us who we are. Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-two. Look at this. Look, look, look. It says uh, that she that she put off concerning the former conversation. I hope you have a little line that goes from conversation to a blank spot in your margin that says lifestyle. That's what the King James says is conversation, but it, the word today means lifestyle. It's not what you're saying that you put off concerning the former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, renovated, that ye may put on the new man, put on the new man. So I got I to gotta show up at Uncle Ezra's attorney and, and, and show identification that I'm Jimmy John, and that I am who Uncle Ezra said could have this money. I have to show up and validate myself, and then they give give it to me. Just because I am Jimmy John and Uncle Ezra gave it to me doesn't mean there's a transaction until I show up, because Uncle Ezra's gone, isn't he? So they found me. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Listen to this in the New Living. It says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Does that term offend you? Oh, I don't have lust. I don't have uh, deception. Sure you do. Anytime you're not walking in the Spirit, we're carnal. There's just there's no middle ground that says, I'm a pretty good boy. I'm a pretty good Christian. I do this and have that. No, you're either carnal or you're spiritual. And the only way you can be spiritual is to put it on. It's not a default. Your flesh, your flesh, which is your soul and your body, is going to have its way if you don't bring it under rain. Just telling the horse, I'm going to get on you and we're going to ride over to the neighbor's house. <clears throat> That's not going to happen. You've got to put a bridle on that little guy and tell you're going to jerk the snot out of it if they try to go the wrong way. And they're going to say... We'll take you to the neighbor's house. Throw off your old sinful nature and formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, like God, be created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. The Bible tells you who you are. You're truly righteous and you're holy. Oh, only God's holy. No, if you're righteous, you're holy. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart. You've been separated. Amen. Romans 2 4, you know this scripture. Let me read it into the Amplified. In the King James, it says, Know ye not that it's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance? The Amplified says, Are you unmindful? are actually ignorant that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind, listen, listen, to change your mind and inner man to accept God's will. Let's surrender this morning. Let's just surrender to having it, the old life is hard and I'm having a hard time with it and I'm depressed. Let's just surrender that and just say, I'm giving that up. Let's just put on the Lord Jesus and put on who we are. I dominate. I'm in charge. I'm the sheriff over my little life. I'm the top of the heap. There's nobody can overrule me. God won't even overrule you. Well, God's in control. No, he isn't. it would be better if he was in control. It wouldn't be the wreck it is if he was in control. He's not in control. We just looked at scriptures that says, you're in control. And if it's not going right, it's because you're not taking charge. You're not dominating what you've been given charge over. You're a slug. You're, you're full of deception and lust. Do better. Well, how do we do that? Uh, uh, Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy. This is in the NLT. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How, Lord? How are you going to transform me into a new person? I'm born again by changing the way you think. You mean this thing isn't automatic? Oh, far from it. you got to renew your mind because when you got born again, the old mind came with it. So everything it was used to doing that was lustful and deceitful and all that, it came with the package. Only this part down here was refathered from above. But this side up here wants to go do bad things still. It, It wants the old way. Yes, ma'am, you know that. It says, uh, then you will learn to know God's will for you, what is good and pleasing and perfect. So it's up to me. It's up to you. God says, I've given you the capacity to be, uh, what does it say in Psalm 8? Glory and honor. That's who I made you. He said, Genesis 1, dominion over everything. That's what he had cast out devils, healed the sick, raised the dead. You go, who's that? It's us. Ah, I'm an amazing Christian. How about you? I'm amazing. The passion says stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Now, y'all, we're not them. Yeah, we go to work and our paycheck comes from the same company that the heathens come from, all that, but we're not them. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. How? Through a total reformation of how you think. Not what you think, but how you think. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. The boss says you're going to have to work Sundays. No. I'm in charge. I'm only working here for money. If you don't own it, that's all you you're you're making an exchange. I'll give you 40 hours and you give me $500 or whatever. It's an exchange, but uh that $500, that isn't my source. Employer doodly do is not my source. He's not my source. And if he if he dams the, dams up the the flow, the stream into my life, the water just keeps gathering behind the the stopped up spot and goes down a little ways and breaks through and comes another way, comes another way. I said, it'll, it will come another way because he supplies all of our need. He didn't say your job, your boss, your, your, no, he's in charge. And I'm a tither. Are you a tither? We are covenant people. We have taken on what he said to to, we've taken on the thinking that I am his and he is mine. And if I give him, my tithe, which is 10% of my increase, then he thinks, because he's God, he thinks right. I'm in the process, but he already thinks right. He thinks that the 10% was all of it. The the book works real unhandy with you. You have to bring everything you own every week in. So he says, just bring a token, bring a security deposit, bring in 10%, and I will say in heaven that he gave it all. Therefore, I can say in heaven, I will give it all. Oh, my word. Lord, you got more than me. He said, well, we're, we're in partners together. This is even Stephen. I, you give and I give and it, we'll call it good. I love the Lord. I love what he said to us. I'm in charge. So when, when things are going bad, what's happening? We just lost our grip. We became carnal. We... we We slipped back. The Bible says in Hebrews that God's not pleased with them that draw back. I've drawn back a few times. I've been where I wasn't as hot as I had been. I've been hotter than than sometimes. Y'all have hot spells and cold spells? Yeah, we all. It's called backslide. It's draw back. And the devil waits for those. The Bible says that when Jesus was tempted that uh, he whipped the devil three ways till Sunday, and then the devil said, well, I'll, the Bible says he waited till a more opportune time. Well, it never came, because the Lord Jesus did not draw back. So I'm not going to draw back anymore. But I have to stay. I have to. There's some things that keep us hot. you got to fill up your car every week if you're driving it every day. You can't just say, I filled it up. I'm not, I don't want to fill it up. Yeah, you do. Because this thing is a real hard way to get to work. <laughs> so you fill it up. we got to fill up. we got to fill up. we got to fill up. we got to hear this gospel. We can't hear the gospel that says, well, you're an old sinner. And God, you know, if you keep on being good, he'll take you to heaven someday. What a, what a lightweight gospel that is. It is the key that opens the door. But now we're in the room. I'm in the room. I need to know what to do in the room, not how to open the door again. I'm already in the room. I opened the door. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. I'm in the room, now what? Well, there's a devil in the room, and there's mean people in the room, and there's lack, the curse of lack, and the curse of sickness and pain is in the room. i got to dominate. So i got to put on the Lord Jesus. i got to put on, i got to throw off my old sinful nature and put on the Lord Jesus. Put him on. Put him on. Oh, well, I gotta I gotta put on the power. No, the power's already in you. Just hit the switch. The power's all over this building. We just have to hit the switch. It's already wired. You're already completely wired to do what Daniel calls do exploits because you know you're God. So I'm telling you, we're gonna have a marvelous 2020. Marvelous. <clears throat> Now, some of it's going to be miraculous because some of us are in situations that there is no answer. Would you all agree with me that there is no answer to some situations? It's like there's no answer. There's not that much money or somebody's going to have to go to heaven or, you know, I, 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 they're going to have to open a branch in my city or whatever. It's it, it's impossible. It, there's no clear path through. And if you look at that and you reason that, you're going to put on the old way of thinking that says, whoop, we got stopped here. This is as far as we're going. Looks like we're going to have to just coast for a while. And I'm telling you, no. I'm telling you, there's a, we are in a miraculous, supernatural, end-of-time realm where nothing, nothing will stop you. But if you don't think right, you'll think wrong. I said, if you don't think right, you're going to have wrong thinking. You're going to have impossibility thinking. So you, got, you can't stop. Oh, my, I, got, I lost my job. We're, we're just going to have to... No, you're not. There's already a path out. There's already a way in. But faith is going to take you there. So we have to go there. So let's lift our hand to the Lord Jesus. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I put you on, all of you, in every place and in every day. in my 2020 is supernatural because I know who I am and I dominate 2020. I take over where I've let, take it, let, where I've let it take over and no more am I going to be behind. I'm ahead. I'm the head, of the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. In Jesus' name, I win in 2020. Amen. Now, we tell you, I tell you, love is a decision. Faith is a decision. You just choose. It's like, what has to be done? No, you don't have to climb every mountain. You just got to choose. I'm going to live. I'm going to walk by faith. And then when the decision, the path forks to live the old way or go by faith, then you have to say, well, I'm going to go by faith. And sometimes you'll have to sit back and say, this looks hard. This is different than I expected. I thought it'd be easy because I decided. You're just going to have to sit there. You're going to have to call somebody and say, man, it looks tough. I don't see a way through. And somebody will tell you, this is how we do it. Somebody. Got, you're got hooked to somebody. So these orbits of people that I talked about earlier, you you can't go to the Pluto orbit and get counsel. <laughs> I mean that was your college roommate. Okay, you still know who they are and where they live. All right, big deal. But you're not calling them for help. You're going to There's Jesus had orbits. He had the 70, he had the 12, he had Peter, James and John, and he had John. And all of them were in different orbits. You're in my orbit. I'm in your orbit. Sorry to break it to you, but I'm in your orbit. <laughs> oh, God, is there anybody else up there? No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I'm going to make you strong with this one. <laughs> Amen. Well, we love you. We love you. We love you. We're, we're going to do two things this morning. You're going to be glad you came to church. Come up here, Debra Tell them what? What's behind door number three? <laughs> Bob, what's behind door number three? Oh, yes. Right, well, we're through. Glad you tuned in. I'll see you next Sunday.